question is asked quite often. Dad, why do people give up freedom for security? What's called the Hegelian dialectic, sweetie. They create a problem. The problem creates a reaction. If there's enough fear and hysteria, people will not only accept the solution that limits their rights, but they will actually beg for it. Don't they know it's the end of the world? Welcome back to our second hour on this eighth day of the month. Jeffrey Bennett, Perspectives on America. This is uh, an exceedingly interesting two-hour segment to me. For those of you who are with us for the first hour, we dealt with this insanity of the illegal invasion of this country. Phenomenal commentary by Justin Smith. I sent him a note. He'd already taken his article and posted it on my Facebook page, which, by the way, I'm banned from going to. The page still exists, but he still has access to it. I sent him a note and said, I think you better tune in and get the rerun tonight. He will. It's going to be quite a shock to him. It is exceptionally rare that I will contribute the basis of an entire commentary to, in effect, a single writer. But it was too profound. People have got to start looking and thinking outside the parameters of what they're telling us on Fox News and ABC and CBS and blah, 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 blah. It's all crap. I'm shocked by the amount of news-related stuff my wife sits there watches on her cell phone. It just drives me crazy. There's too much garbage there, too. I commented to Michael a few moments ago that it's been a long time since I've opened with this particular piece of music in the air tonight. And for those of you who've been longtime listeners of RBN, you know it's a song that my friend Robbie Noel used for many, 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 many years since I met him in 1995. There's another song I jokingly thought of opening up this hour with. A piece by Lionel Richie and the singing group he used to be with before he went single on his own. A piece called Brick House. Well, let's get down to it. Between the years 1852 and 1853, Charles Dickens, you know, the guy that wrote A Christmas Carol, Tale of Two Cities, etc., Dickens published an episodic novel entitled Bleak House about a family waiting in vain to inherit money in a disputed settlement from an extremely long-running lawsuit. 
It was about the undeserved suffering in the High Court of Chancery in England, how it was created. Created mainly by venal, self-serving lawyers. Now, keeping in mind that an awful lot of lawyers, or is that liars, um, are also serving in Congress. Dickens' ultimate attack was not on the court. As he made it perfectly clear that the workings or misworkings of the court that constitute the major evil. But he savagely condemned that particular institution and the prominent issue involved. The system itself. The whole system of law. Now, the book actually did end on a happier note. The case of Jarndyce and Jarndyce in Bleak House ends as expected. That lawyers consumed the entire estate. Oh, it was true in the 19th century. And it reverberates through this current century. Our justice system is based on centuries, my friends, of tradition and legal wrangling mired in the self-serving and self-perpetuating practice of law. Consider that last sentence. Our justice system is based on centuries of tradition and legal wrangling mired in the self-serving and self-perpetuating practice of law. And that is the crux of what we're going to share with you this second hour. For many reasons, we have to understand that, and I think many of us do, the law no longer intends to safeguard or protect, but to prolong the engagements to maximize billable hours. Oh, billable hours. That's something we've talked about an awful lot the last couple of years if we watch the cost of prescription drugs, etc., skyrocket. Big pharma lining their pockets. But back to attorneys. Because we've got to keep in mind. Hmm. Prolong the engagements to maximize billable hours. You know, the average lawyer's hourly rate begins somewhere around $211 an hour. But specialty attorneys can reach thousands of dollars per hour. Simple. Attorneys are paid. Win, lose, or draw. Imagine having a, a business, an organization that never does anything right, but somehow it flourishes. But this is the resume of our government for the past 70 years, people. It is a system permeated by lawyers. Or is that liars? I, I somehow confuse those two words. I seriously question the integrity of any system that requires practitioners to 
comprehend the intricacies of a legal language, only only to circumvent it by reinterpretation of that language. Aha! That, you see, is the loophole. And that statement defines the American legal system, and by extension, our government. General business practices assume that you're paid for doing the job well. You're fired for poor performance. But that's not the case in the legal profession. Lawyers are paid regardless of the litigation outcome. The perpetual unsuccessful campaign is how they can deplete an estate or bankrupt a client. Oh, Trump's legal bill now exceeds $76.7 million so far. Oh, it's clear that the tactic is not just to beat him, but to bankrupt him in the process. Who wins in all of this legal turmoil? Why, it's the liars. Look, there's no such expectation of success for politicians. Politicians possess a limitless license to pirouette. Characterizing failure as success politically, it's, it's the art of spin, where public perception is paramount. The art of spin. But I don't think there's a politician named Marty, is there? Spin and Marty? Never mind. What's the word for a person that profits from other people's loss? A user. An exploiter is a lawyer. In lending, usury is the illegal action or practice of lending money at unreasonably high interest rates. <laughs> Loan shark comes to mind. Laws are rules that bind all people living in a community. Laws theoretically protect our general safety, ensure our rights as citizens against abuses by other people or organizations, and in fact, the government itself. But all of that is the concept, but its practice is far different from that. Well, we have laws to help provide for our public security, which is the definition of the law. But what we experience today opposes this statement dramatically. We're not the wards of the law, but in most instances, we are its victims. Ultra-left-leaning state Administrations exploit the legal process to push their humanistic socio-political agendas to force their progressive, unconventional policies on benevolent states where these radical humanitarian policies are popular. they got programs like No Cash Bail. No punishment for repeat offenders. 
things like that encourage recid- recidivism, crime spikes. You know, we've read these kind of things lately. No punishment for repeat offenders. Guy has been in jail because he's under legal case because he allegedly may have been someone who caused the deaths of two different people. But now the guy's arrested for something else, but because he's not been found guilty of the other two, because the lawyer keeps milking money out of him, he gets arrested for this potential third one, but he's let go with no bail. No cash bail. We got policies limiting prosecution to thefts above a $950 threshold cause. They're called smash and dash robberies. Forcing little retailers like jewelry stores or chains like Walgreens and CVS to close stores in impoverished neighborhoods. Of course, the corporate media would have us believe that it's racist on the surface. The problem is community-based because these areas have the highest rates of shoplifting and cannot afford to fund the city's soft-on-crime stance. After all, the idea of business is to make money, not financially support the local community. The business and the community form a symbiosis, a mutually beneficial relationship, and when either fails, both suffer. Now, there are those that are referred to as liberal district attorneys or DAs. They exploit local administrations to advance these lunatic social programs, but in true lawyer-like parlance, lawyers claim they only serve the law, they don't make the laws. (laughs) In truth, this is a vulgar, obscene lie to allow me to use my I'm not going to say favorite word but it's my most distinctive word an obscene lie is nothing but bullshit because you see lawyers wrote those laws at the direction of their overlords up the food chain and yet we the people conveniently forget that administrations are stuffed with lawyers. Why, man, you can't swing a cat by the tail without hitting one in any government or organization. So the price tag for this soft on crime, it was $93.9 billion in 2022. 2023, it jumped to $112.1 billion. In 2024, looks to be a banner year for retail theft. Oh, projections show an increase of, oh, 30 to 35%, which could bring it up to $151.2 billion. That's all due to the geographically disenfranchised invasion. You know, China Joey's invited guests, the ones we talked about last hour. But you see, sadly, consumers pay the price for these 
psychotic socio-political experiments. Entire communities lose convenient shopping locations. Critically needed pharmacies, other crucial infrastructure. Crime-riddled neighborhoods are decimated by plunging property values in these areas, all resulting from liberal, socio-political, humanitarian policies. You know, one of the three oldest shopping malls in Arizona finally was forced to shut down this last year. I can think of two here in Phoenix, Metro Center, another one down on Bethany Home Road. I can't think of what that place was called for years. It got sold, and they changed the name, and they wound up changing the name back to whatever its original name was. And there was another one down in Tucson. Those are the three oldest. The one down on Bethany's center is so totally changed. Monkey Wards is gone. J.C. Penobscot is gone. Sears is gone. It's all miscellaneous Mickey Mouse businesses that are surviving in these places, if that's what you want to call them. Metro Center just finally shut down. It got to the point that the only thing that was functioning was was a few oddball stores here and there, but it's like there were so many people, just homeless people, just walking around trying to hide in the places. I think Walmart was the last place that was there. Gone. Torn down. I have no idea what they're doing now. Maybe building apartments over there for illegals. So, we have to go back and take a look at one of the things we talked about. China Joey's open border policy. Their advertising tagline says, Marxism through diversity, inclusion, and equity. Bringing a barrio to everyday community. Or every town dies, D-I-E-S, eventually. Well, those may not be their advertised taglines, but they might as well be, because that's exactly what's happening. Liberal leaders expect Big corporations to absorb the loss and provide a well-stocked supply of products ready for the taking. Any retailer that protects itself is deemed racist or exoriated for actions to limit theft. Most corporations forbid employees from approaching or stopping shoplifters because their insurance companies don't want the liability. How about this, this, this idiot, Cory Bush? I saw the video of her accusing Walgreens and other retailers of overt racism for closing stores in impoverished areas. And by the way, those areas have liberal legal policies and the highest rates of shoplifting, consequently the greatest loss. And yet ultra-liberal politicians demand that the billion-dollar corporations keep funding this free-for-all caca. Hey, look, we owe the legal profession, my friends, a huge thanks for destroying this country. One liberal statute, one community at a time. There's an old maxim that says the best way to make crime pay is to become a lawyer. 
And so the logical extension of that adage is to become a politician. After all, 67.7% of Congress, that's the opposite of progress, are attorneys. 67.7% of our elected congressional members are attorneys. In other words, they're all crooks. But let me tweak this little proverb with you. 99% of attorneys give the other 1% a bad name. Not unlike used car sales or bridge sales or snake oil sales. Quacks, hucksters, charlatans, solar paddle contractors. All these professions rank right up there with the hysteria regarding climate change, global warming, drowning polar bears, the quest for perpetual motion, and studying why polar bears don't eat penguins. Let me share a little hint with you. Polar bears are at the North Pole. Penguins are at the South Pole. The brain buster that came up with that thing received a $3 million government grant to try to answer the question as to why polar bears don't eat penguins. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure some lawyers made a nice fat piece of change out of that, huh? Unreal. Unreal. Um... Hang on just a quick second here. Okay, I got that note out. Sorry about that. All right, so the reality is this, that man's comprehension of the intricacies of our planet is commensurate with our insight and knowledge of God, right? We have clues, but real awareness eludes us. And so if you want to... You know, regarding my comment about lawyers being self-absorbed narcissists, I have only one anecdotal evidence to support my assertion, but what I see from the corporate media confirms my cynicism because these people present the negative side of everything. And if grim reality does not exist, then they feel compelled to uh, promote it into existence. Keep in mind that legislation is a cudgel used to control citizens rather than protect them. Control, you and I. And this perverse use of our protective covenants is what convention is in our society. Lawyers no longer intend to safeguard or defend, but to prolong the engagements to maximize their billable hours. You know, back in Roman times, Leaders were in touch with the people. Somewhat different today, isn't it? Our leadership has the corporate media telling us what we want. Ever stop to wonder why they call it TV programming? <laughs> it's unreal. We're going to take a little short break. I'm going to go dance with Kim. I need a dance. But when we come back, we're going to pick up on this commentary. We're going to talk about our buddy, the puppet emperor, Ching Hao Biden. 
because he shares this same sentiment, this corporate media news crap. Oh, he's the puppet emperor. Proudly shares this sentiment that we've just shared, but, but because he's unsure where he is or what day it is. He's ready. It's unbelievable. Stick around. We'll be right back. are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and fiduciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food. Seeing that the dollar is cheap, that's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And yet gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis. Gold, a valuable thing to store. The power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the Ides of Rare Coin Dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 
Listen, come on. A long dance once in a while. Yeah, it's the way it used to be. Don't you remember? <laughs> so the question posted was, have you ever stopped to wonder why they call it TV programming? So the puppet emperor, and that's all he is, is a puppet, proudly shares this sentiment, although he's unsure where he is or what day it is. He's ready, willing, and able to misread a teleprompter with his carefully crafted, prepared message of liberal gobbledygook and partisan political pablum on command. Oh, China Joey got his Juris Doctorate or a legal degree from, get this, Syracuse University College of Law, 1968. I was heading to Vietnam so that prick could go to college. He graduated 76th out of 85 after failing a course because he plagiarized a law review article, a precedent-setting event. So exiting the stage is another matter altogether, but no one is more cordial to onstage apparitions. Like the preceding emperors, Joey's abnormally adept at enjoying luxury, at the citizen's expense, of course, spending his favorite moolah, fiat currency, freely. Joey's enjoyed 40% of his time as president on vacation and in the company of National Nationalist American Socialist Party, the NASP, you know, the billionaire donors. Like the song goes, nice work if you can get it. And you can get it if you try. I added that line, Charlie. <laughs> Another constant commendation of this political posture is that people require infotainment to prosper you know television programming so we develop machines to grind out 24 hour news uh, content at lightning speed to feed our info lust we invent barbaric contests we play to our cravings and macabre proclivities proudly displayed on the altar of enlightenment the personal, portable, digital infotainment portal. The cellular communications device. Oh, that's the wipe. She's in there on it right now. The only constant of all of this, my friends, has changed. It's change. Yeah, this is a dichotomy of terms, but it underlines that politicians and lawyers shape American culture. And the America we live in is also a dichotomy Land of the free, home of the legally restrained. There's no difference, since most politicians are attorneys and are political by nature. They are self-serving narcissists, so in love with themselves that they cannot pass a camera or a microphone without sharing their personal views or opinions on the topic du jour or pet pork peril projects. They're absolutely positive that what they have to say is of national importance and of palpable interest to everyone and anyone. You see, narcissists are incredibly self-centered with an exaggerated sense of self-importance marked by or characteristic of excessive admiration or infatuation of oneself. Do we know anyone like this? Do you? 
I mean, I suppose there's one thing that will never happen between two lawyers. Agreement. Well, there'll always be some minor points of contention and one thing that they just couldn't resolve. I mean, understand, negotiation is derived from two Latin terms. Niger otin. They translate little as to deny leisure. Our loose interpretation evolved into business through discussion or consensus. Now let's return back to our scheduled program. You see, my friends, America is awaiting payment for almost 250 years of legal wrangling by our government. Even before crafting our Constitution, lawyers, politicians... Oh, they battle for a piece of the action. In their case, control. Remember that control equals power. And power equals control. Money acquires both. Oh, yes, I'm a super cynic. A tag boasted or bestowed by a close friend after many years of observation. And so, like the Jarndyce family in Dickens' Bleak House, Americans are merely captives of this synthetic matrix of hypocrisy and deception. There seems to be no end to this fiction. We recognize too many eventualities create this network of confusion to discuss. And the simplest rationale is that this is all about power and money, which is in this case, they're all synonymous. What gives anyone the right to barter with someone else's life? Especially when the barterer's life is not part of that elitist transaction. Do you know the answer to that? What gives anyone the right to barter with someone else's life? Absolutely nothing. Nothing grants them that license. It is the height of arrogance to dicker with anything you do not own. And yet that is nothing more than common currency in America. Especially in the upper echelons of liberal government. Remember, the government doesn't own us. We own the government. Well, that was the original design, but that's all changed now, hasn't it? Citizens are merely pawns in this humiliating game. You and I, that's all we are, pawns. A recent study of the mRNA vaccine shows that for every life saved, it costs 14. You heard that correctly. The mRNA vaccine to fight the Wuhan virus killed 14 people for every one that it saved. Scientists also warned of toxicity risks associated with those vaccines. Many complications were associated with this vaccine involving crucial heart and immunological processes damaged or severely impeded by tampering with our DNA. You know how much time we've contributed to that issue. 
on our Wednesday programs to health with you. These people knew the risks, but were advised not to inform the public. By guess who? Their attorneys. Big Pharma couldn't risk its massive profits. There were $120 billion of them. And in fact, yeah, well, that's a lot of reasons. Liberal Americans and New Yorkers in particular have taken leave of their senses. New York City's Bureau of Blatant Stupidity, also known as BS, they got a new program to give $53 million of prepaid debit cards to asylum speakers. Asylum seekers for food. Uh, Well, that was our topic for the last hour. That's right, illegal invaders. The only stipulation is that the cards must be used to purchase food. Oh, that's brilliant. And you know China, Joey's invited guests will all comply with that agreement. Everything our government touches is foobar. I'm not going to describe that. Look it up. This government couldn't pour piss out of a boot if the directions were written on the heel. Oh, yeah. Old China Joey is the commander of these Lost Planet Airmen. Referenced his recent meeting with Francois Mitterrand, president of Germany. Or was it France? Doesn't matter. He died 28 years ago. And then Joey went on to rail against Trump for not visiting the cemetery dedicated to the fallen soldiers of World War II. Guess what? It was all lies. Biden is the great provocateur. All the other gaffes, the faux pas over the past several years point to a definitive loss of cognitive ability. And yet the NASP props up this doddering old raisin as a leader of the free world and maintains he is vigorous and in complete control of his faculties. Oh, this pathetic display of political indecision and narcissism is what the world and America's enemies see. Look, folks. The finest example of saving our country from 22 million invaders is Congress. That's the opposite of progress. Congress who penned a new border bill being promoted to the Senate for approval. It was so full of pork that it oinked as it was presented. It did nothing to solve the border crisis. Instead, it provided billions of dollars for Ukraine and placed more stipulations on the actions of those charged with border protection. This lame-ass legislation is nothing more than another sterling example of what Congress, the opposite of progress, does without adult supervision. They have no leadership. Our founders envisioned a republic run by people with experience in business and finance and management and military discipline and life. 
not legal philanderers bent on self-aggrandizement and profiteering. My friends, the people making our decisions and misleading this republic are nothing more than skilled liars and charlatans whose only experience comes from a book or courtroom. They're so far removed from our reality that there is no possible connection as to who we are. In the words of Aristotle, at his best, man is the noblest of all animals, separated from law and justice. He is the worst. Commentary, if you have not figured it out by now, my friend Charles Dickens. It is interesting. Um, there's things that I come across upon occasion dealing with his great-great-grandfather that I will maybe submit to, Charl- to, to Charlie as a potential title of an article. As we opened up this hour and we talked about the Charles Dickens novel written between 1852 and 1853 called Bleak House. It's the title of Charlie's latest article, Bleak House. It's Freak House. And, you know, we open up the program with um, Phil Collins' piece of music. And at one point, I actually thought about opening up an old Lionel Richie piece called Brick House. (laughs) The average listener wouldn't have picked up on it. I'm not finding fault with you for it. Yeah. Don't they know it's the end of the world? 1963. Jan Smith. Now, I want to go back talking about old girlfriends. Um, (laughs) She... I was actually, a, uh, I think, a freshman in high school. She was a senior. Her father was the president of the bank that my family banked with. He didn't want his daughter hanging around, you know, low-life people like us that didn't deposit enough bank in his account. She and I had an amazing relationship. Nothing like that. We were really very good friends. And we were in the church choir together. We're in trouble, folks. I see no way out of any of this. I've spoken about these issues before, but I did not realize until I was sharing this with you earlier that 67.7% of our congressional leaders are lawyers. Or is that liars? I guess it's the same. It's insane. Absolutely insane. This is what is, is the proper word ruling or ruining our country? I don't know any other way to ask it. Unfortunately, I'm afraid I probably know the answer, as most of you do. (laughs) 
I've had an interesting day. I uh, went to bed last night in a massive amount of pain. Right hand was in such horrible shape I could not even close it up. I'm able to do that now. Some of the things we talked about on yesterday's program are more and more indicating to me that I do have some issues. I'm going to have to go see my doctor again. I'm not going to ask his advice. I'm going to give it to him. And if he determines that he doesn't want me as a patient anymore, you know what? I can live with it. And as I shared with you yesterday, the programs I've done on our health programs on Wednesday the last couple of weeks have indicated three particular arenas that have affected me directly. It affects my sleeping habits. I got to be honest with you, 30 minutes before going on the air today, I didn't want to go on the air. I'm so tired, so wiped out, and yet there's something unusual about these three programs I've done this week. Whether you like them, dislike them, doesn't matter. I've walked away from all three programs this week at greater peace than I have finishing a product uh, program in a very long time. Part of that, yes, I'm going to thank Charles Dickens for and Justin O. Smith. They're providing me with things and articles and commentary that I like to share with you, if for no other reason, to get you to stop and listen carefully and begin to think outside the box of what your normal mindset might be. It's profound. It's, to me, very beneficial. I'm getting some very interesting commentary from readers. Not the kind of numbers I used to get, but I don't care. If I get one or two emails after a program, after an hour, believe me, it's well worth it to me. So, obviously I will be out of here until Tuesday. Uh, hopefully Maggie will be back with you Monday. I know she was, uh, uh, she was scheduled to join me for a bit of programming time tonight for uh, an issue we want to discuss. I had a very interesting phone call last week from a good friend I've not spoken with in a good number of years, a fellow broadcaster who for many years was, uh, uh, his work was also carried on RBN, although he broadcasts at another network. Uh, there was an interesting relationship. And... Um, Vincent Finelli and I talk for a very long period of time. And uh, I had not heard from Vince in quite a while. It was great to hear from him. Um, I'd like to stay in better touch with him. Um, most of you know, I, as a general rule, don't do guests on my program. Uh, he's invited me to become a guest on his program, which I may do. And um, who knows? I've got to calm down. I've got to sit back. I've got some work to do tonight. I've got some uh, caulking to do. And um, get ready for my buddies coming over tomorrow to do some painting for me. Don't ask me why. The pain has left my body this last two hours. It's gone. My back's not bothering. My shoulder, which has been giving me problems since I was in the heart doctor the other day, my hands are freed up. My right hand still hurts a little bit. 
I guess it's the peace. Thanks for allowing me to uh, regather some peace during this two-hour set. We've got a minute or so left to go, but we are going to close. And I've done some unusual selections music-wise tonight. I hope you appreciate it. Sadly missing. Well, for another time. We're going to close out with a piece that's got tremendous meaning, my friends. Do we have the time? Answer it for yourself. Without apology, I am Jeffrey Bennett. These are the days of the open hand We will not be the last Look around now These are the days of the beggars and the choosers This is the year of the hungry man Whose place is in the past Hand in hand with the girls and legitimate Excuses The rich declare themselves poor And most of us are not sure If we have too much But we're taking our chances Say I sang 20 years and a day But nothing changed The human race Found some other guy and walked into the flame It's hard to love There's so much to hate Hanging on to hope When there is no hope to speak out In the wounded skies above Say it's much too late the neighbor we should all be praying for time
Jesus is so much to hate Hanging on to war There is no hope to speak out In the wounded skies above Say it's much too late Then maybe we should all be praying for time some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.